All right, y'all ready to learn from God's word? All right, great. Let's pray first. Dear God, uh, I don't know that we always approach your word in the way that we should. I just pray now that this moment will be maybe a different one in which we would, that our hearts would be fully open, ears to hear, and uh, that we would just take the initiative to apply what we, what we read and hear today. Um, God is typically, what we learn today is, is uh, fairly straightforward and fairly simple, but at the same time so very hard. So we also ask for your help. Um, we ask for your conviction and your guidance to, to what areas of our life to apply it and how we can do it. And God, just help us catch a vision for what we can do with what we hear today and just become different because of it and more like your son. In your name we pray, amen. I've entitled this sermon, Adventuring Daily with God. Adventuring Daily with God. I saw a movie this last week. It's called Come Find Me. Two main characters. One is a fella who life has kind of beaten him up. He's gone through some traumatic experiences, and so he's just lost himself in his work uh, to the point where he has not used any PTO for three years, no vacation, to, to work, to home, to home, to work, to work, so on and so forth. Second character is a friend and a co-worker, and she is constantly challenging him, you need to get out and you need to live a little bit. And uh, she is one who traipses off, traipses off to the, uh, all of the national parks in the southwest, uh, Zion Canyon, Death Valley, Yosemite, and she explains the adventure of walking through uh, a, uh, a slot canyon. And so to try to get him out of his shell, she sets up kind of a little uh, a course full of clues through all of these national parks. And then she disappears. And so after a week, she's not at work. Two weeks, she's not at work. Three weeks, she start, he's starting to get worried about her now. And he finds a video of where the first clue is in Zion Park in the south of Utah. I've been there a few times. I've hiked the Narrows and the Slot Canyons in that place. It is no wonder it's called Zion. It's beautiful. So it was neat for me to see in the movie all of the places that I had seen. And so he goes to Zion and he hikes the Narrows and they just play this wonderful music as they show all the pictures of the the tall canyon walls and the river running through it. It was really neat. Uh, But in the end... Well, I can't tell you that. Then you won't watch the show. (laughs) But it gets him out of his shell. He has to take some PTO. And he goes and he's rejuvenated by the slot canyons. And by all of the trips and just getting out and getting his mind on some other things. Um, Little disclaimer, there's a couple parts in the show that are, uh, that they didn't need to go there. They just needed to go to Zion and show those pictures. But anyway, adventuring daily with God. Last week we talked about justification. And what did we say that was? Well, I'll tell you again. (laughs) It's where God says to us, no punishment for you. Oh, it's a blessed thing. It's a wonderful thing. God has said, even though guilty, you are just like O.J. Simpson. 
You can walk out of here free without any punishment. But not only that, I'll take the punishment for you. And the punishment that goes to my son can be transferred over to you. So it's just as if you did take the punishment. All of the punishment that your sins deserved is taken care of. The thing is, is that you didn't have to do it. God did. So that's justification. That's kind of a one-time thing where God pronounces you no punishment. You're off. Today, the daily adventure that continues from there, we call it sanctification. Justification is the one-time pardon. Sanctification is where you and I daily grow and adventure with God. So today, I just want to run us through what sanctification looks like. We'll compare and contrast a couple of things. We'll see what it looks like, and we'll see some practical things that Paul tells us we can work on to be a part of this sanctification thing. So are you ready? All right. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm going to start with Romans chapter 8. If you want to turn there in your Bible, that's where we'll concentrate mostly. I'll have them up here on the screen for you as well. Therefore, Paul says, Romans chapter 8 verse 1, because you are justified, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's a travesty that I just read that verse and skip over it because it means everything to us, but we got to go on. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by my sinful nature. We're going to hear that, those two words a couple times today. Let's just call it flesh. In fact, look it up there. It has flesh. They got the good NIV version instead of mine. So let's just remember flesh, okay? Weakened by the sinful nature... God did by sending his son in the likeness of a sinful man to be a sin offering. And so, listen, he condemned sin in sinful man. I know nobody really likes to talk much about sin, but this is a good thing God did. He condemned sin in sinful man. He condemned the sin, but not the sinful man. That's a good God right there. You want him to condemn sin because somebody has to do it. Otherwise, this world is going to be ruined. And it already is headed in that direction. But yet God shows his grace and mercy to the sinful man, the one doing the sin. That's good news for you and I. So he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of that law that we broke might be fully met in us. Thank you, God, for that. Who do not live according to the sinful nature, the flesh, but according to the spirit. Okay, so that's live, present tense. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to God's spirit living inside of us now. What that's just really trying to say, and what we'll focus on today, is that that's where it is on a daily basis now. I am supposed to live according to the spirit, rather than where this flesh wants to take me. It's a big deal. It's a simple, straightforward policy and principle, but I think you probably, all of us could say, that's pretty darn hard to do sometimes. So what the scripture is saying to us is that there's a piece of this where we have to keep going, and now that we've been justified, and now that there's no condemnation, we got to live in that. All right, so there's no condemnation because of justification, and there's new life because of sanctification. Definition, sanctification. Sanctification. 
to make productive of or conducive to spiritual blessing. This is how God wants to work all of these wonderful things in you. But it takes his working by the spirit and it takes you and your initiative to say, I want to follow the spirit rather than my flesh. Got it? All right, let's move on. Verse five, those, he's going to explain it to us, who live according to the sinful nature of the flesh, they have their mind set on what that nature desires. But those who live according to the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. So a big contrast. The mind of sinful man is death. Well, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful man, because it is death, is hostile to God. God wants to bring about life. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it even do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature or the flesh cannot please God. God wants to take us somewhere, but he can't do it if our mind is not in the right spot. Okay, so the major difference between those who are controlled or or dictated by the flesh and those who are by the spirit is the content of their minds. The content of your mind is so important. Remember a couple weeks back, we talked about feeding your faith and starving your fears. This is all about how you think spiritually. And how you think is dictated by one of two things. This body or by what the spirit wants in you. All right. So, the content of your mind contains and includes your dreams your daydreams, your conscious goals, your interests, your desires, your attitudes, and your points of view. Okay, that's your thinking all day long, okay? So if you were worried about the sermon applying to you, it does, right? The content of your minds is everything in all of this and so important. So what is it, what's What is the content of your mind? Flesh or dictated by the spirit? I can remember growing up, me and my brothers, we were into Metallica, right? (laughs) We were into Metallica. And uh, mom didn't like that so much. Uh, But you got to learn how to fight your battles, right? And I, I don't know if mom did it well, but... Could she really say no Metallica? Well, we would have went off to the side when she wasn't around. We would have listened to Metallica. We would have worked our way around that, right? We wanted to listen to Metallica. So mom thought best, wise thing to do is uh, I'm just going to show a Christ-like example so that when Metallica days are over, hopefully, that uh, they'll follow my example. (laughs) The Metallica days aren't over, huh? (laughs) So I remember the day when sitting in our living room, uh, just watching TV, mom's in the next room into the kitchen doing the dishes, and I hear mom singing, seek and destroy. <laughs> so whenever, we, whenever she'd drive us to school or whatever, the Metallica was playing, and it just worked its way into her brain. See how this works? It's pretty dangerous stuff. 
Metallica is about aggression. And when you warm yourself up to aggression, you'll use it when it's not right to use. You get sidetracked. I don't know. Some of you won't understand this, but Metallica are talented, guitar-driven musicians. If you're looking to get some frustrations out, for some reason, it'll fit the bill pretty well for you. But I don't know that it does good things to us as far as the content of our minds, seek and destroy, harvester of sorrow. I can just run down the names of them all. Um, it's not very positive. It's a stark contrast from where we'll go at the end of the day with the spirit. They played Metallica at an Iowa State game that I was at last time, and wow, I can just feel it in my bones again whenever I hear the songs. That's what it'll do. All right, so skipping to chapter 12 in Romans, Paul says, therefore, brothers, I urge you in view of God's mercy, everything he's done here, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is part of our sanctification. This is where we meet him halfway. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. If your mind, the content of your mind is on your flesh, it's not going to be able to please God. We just read that. This is your spiritual act of worship. When you worship God and say, God, this life, not my own, I hand it over to you as a sacrifice. This is our spiritual act of worship. This is where God takes up the reins. So he says, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to conform any longer to the pattern of the world. We're going to do something different. We're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and order the content of our mind. And we're going to order it by what the Spirit would call us to do through the Scriptures and through his promptings. I know you've been around church a long time, and that's probably nothing new. But the question is, are we taking the initiative to do that? So you are in charge. You are in charge. I can conform reactively or I can transform proactively. I can increase my life rhythm and I can get some liveliness and some zest in my life by transforming the content of my mind by the Holy Spirit. All right. The mind of those on the flesh is death. The mind of those dictated by the Spirit is life and peace. Contrast made, right? All right, a couple examples here. First one, a little bit exaggerated, but maybe not so. It's a couple weeks ago that the Portland building, downtown Portland, where the, the government offices are, took out all of the urinals out of the building and they went through a $200,000 refurbish of all of the bathrooms within the building to make it more transgender friendly. There are still male and female bathrooms for those that prefer that, but on many of the floors, there are both male and female bathrooms together. And the whatever you call it that are in those bathrooms are kind of a combination of a urinal and a toilet. Okay, so 
even though those take way more water than a urinal, and even though this was very expensive to do all of this, the city administrator said, I am convinced that this is the right way to ensure success as your employer and to remove arbitrary barriers in our community and to provide leadership that is reflective of our shared values. All right. I don't know where you stand on all of that, but let's just consider for just a second. In the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said it was good. And then he said it was very good. This is a good thing. This is something you and I should celebrate the differences that the male and the female have as attributes of God. This is a good thing. And when we go contrary to that, we are running in the wrong places. You might have seen that Facebook has an opportunity for you now to, to select your pronouns. Do you see, friend, when we travel these things and we travel down these roads so that we don't recognize the way God created us to be, we're in trouble. Because even kids know the differences and that there are differences between a male and a female. This is darkened, futile thinking that we're running into. All right, now you say, Ben, that sounds judgmental. Hang on a second. Let's try to be like God, okay? He condemned sin and sinful men. He condemned the sin. He did not condemn the sinful man. He let him off and justified him. He called him. He had a plan for him. And he glorified that sinful man. God is good to the man. But he condemned the sin so that you and I could be free of of futile thinking. I don't know what caused those people to think that way. Did they not grow up seeing a good marriage? Did something traumatic happen to them? I don't like and I don't share the value that they had in that building. But my heart does go out to them as to what they are missing. Because that thinking leads to death. Anybody ready to throw tomatoes at me? It's just not right. But we got to love them. And our heart has to go out to them. What's wrong? What happened that you traversed that far in your thinking? Let us be like God where we condemn the sin, but not the sinful man. How do we go about helping in that situation? I don't even know. But I guess it will probably be similar to the wisdom of my mom. Let's just you and be in me. Just be good examples of Christ. Let's you and me sign up for sacred marriage. Get it right and so ours will be an example. Let's do this thing right. Let's do it like God did. But most of all, the foundational thing is that you and I need to order the content of our minds Otherwise, it's going to become disordered. 
And we're going to give up and change the way we've thought for millennia. All right, let's go on to something else, huh? A little bit more simpler. We don't live in Portland, but we do live with stress and anxiety, don't we? What if I said to you that stress and anxiety are deathly thinking? Stress, stress is something that happens to us that we think shouldn't be happening to us. And so it causes us stress. Anxiety is something that we think should be happening to us, but it clearly isn't. So they're two different things, but they trigger kind of the same worry and lament inside of us, don't they? If you and I could have our thoughts ordered by the Spirit, we could overcome those things. We could somehow, amazingly, take some joy in our trials because we know that as the Spirit orders our life, the Spirit in my trials is working something in me. Perseverance, fortitude, wholeness of thought. And so I can take a look at the stress, I can take a look at the anxiety, and I can have the comfort of the Spirit right beside me, not only that, but living inside of me, that he has a plan with it all. What's he developing in me when I have anxiety that something is not there that I think should be? What's he working inside of me? And so with the Spirit and with an ordered mind, and with the content of my mind full of the Spirit's longings and desires, I can approach the stress and anxiety that I have every day with a calmness, knowing that there's a plan. That plan can produce in me a joy and an anticipation that when I get on the other side of this valley, there's a mountain waiting for me. You think you can do that? I hope you can because there's an alternative. If the stress and the anxiety continues to go, I am going to, in my flesh, make decisions to try to avert all of those things. And what's going to happen to me then? I'm probably going to try some things that I shouldn't. I'm probably going to traverse the road down to some depression. Deathly thinking. We got a real opportunity here, friends. We've got a real opportunity. And on all of that, we've missed out on the gratitude that God has set this whole thing up to benefit us. Paul says, 2 Thessalonians 2, we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. There it is again. My belief in the truth, filling my con the content of my mind with the truth, and then the Spirit goes to work sanctifying me, bettering me, and making me productive and conducive to God's blessing. It works, but it's hard. Can I help you with this? The words of that verse, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. You remember last week when we talked about justification, we talked about you being predestined, then you being called, then you being justified, and then you being glorified. All of this is available to you. 
What now remains is for you to dig in and go to war and win it out in the courtroom of your mind. This is available to you every day. It is an adventure for you. Okay, so this is a choice. Transformation is a choice. And I wrote down this little cute phrase. God chose you, so why not choose to order the content of your mind? Why would we give up on this and not take advantage of it? Well, that doesn't make any sense. But Ben, when you look in the mirror, I see myself not doing it. Even the schedule of your day can get in the way and reorder your mind. All right, so back in Romans 8, Paul says, You, however, are controlled not by the flesh, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your moral bodies through the spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, you have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. All right. So, you have a combination of a dying body and a living spirit. The war then is for the living spirit to overcome the dying body. Otherwise, you're just going to conform to the dying body and it's going to lead you like a horse right to death. Okay, so, you do not have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. Easy way to keep that straight, right? Which one's going to win? All right. So now some hands-on stuff from Colossians. But before we put it up there, I just want to say this. I can remember seventh grade hunter safety course. All right. We went away for a weekend Learned all about guns and so forth so we could be uh, safe hunters, I guess. Part of it was they took us to a trap shooting range. And so each of us little fellas in seventh grade had five opportunities. And there was about, oh, I don't know, 20, 25 of us little fellas. We each got up and had our chance. Now, you want to get up and you want to look good, right? In front of the other fellas. And so I just tried to say to myself, okay, Ben, I know you've never done this before, but you just have some confidence, get in there, steady yourself. And I said, pull, and the first one came out, and I just crushed it. (laughs) Felt good. I crushed four of them out of five, and I was the best out of all 25, 20 of those kids, right? Felt pretty good. Ladies, how good are you with a gun? A couple years back, mom got the idea that she needed to probably have a gun in the house just in case, right? Never know what would happen. That's a new thing that I didn't see coming from mom. And the ideas of her (laughs) using that gun if somebody actually came into the house, I don't know. I don't know how good she would do. A little unsteady. 
All right, dumb illustrations to say this. Ladies, gentlemen, you got to get a mean streak in you. And I don't know how good you are at that. This is what Colossians says, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature or your flesh. Put to death, literally, mortify it. That's what the King James says. We are going to bury it. We're going to war here. We're not going to be nice. There's no being nice about this. We're in war. And war calls us to go over and above maybe what we genuinely are. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. I know that that one catches us all. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in those ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Here's another list. Rage, anger, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. They catch you. Anger will lead you to embitterment, and embitterment's death. What about malice? Slander. What thing you say about people, are they true or are you a gossip? Why are you a gossip? What are you trying to find? When you gossip, are you comforting this flesh? Then you're being led by that flesh, and it's going to lead you to death. Come on now, friends. We're a body together. We're a family. We got to get over it. You have to put the gun to the head of gossip and you have to kill it. Remember, Paul says, therefore, I urge you. And Paul says, you have an obligation. Don't lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with the practices and you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. You were created. And the content of your thinking needs to wrap itself around that. It's renewing you if you let it. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Remember, there it is again. You're chosen. Clothe yourselves. This is the stuff of the spirit with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That patience one will help you with your anxiety. It'll help you with your stress. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. There's probably the biggest one right there. For you to follow the desires of the Spirit's going to require you to forgive. You got what that one takes? You got to get the gun out. And you got to mortify whatever you're holding on to with somebody else. It's hanging on you. Its tentacles are in you. And it dictates your day and your thinking. You got to pull it to death. Put it to death. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Remember, we're following him and how he approached us. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Virtue, Latin, man in full. Does that describe you? 
All right, so you can take this verse with you. Lust, evil desires, greed, malice, anger, slander, filthy language, flesh. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, love, spirit. I know you've heard the verses before, but this is your day. This is your day. So here's JFK. Ask not what your flesh can do for you. Ask rather what you can do for the spirit who's trying to lead you and make you productive and conducive to God's blessing. Ah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful the plan God instituted for us before we were even born. Why, Ben, do you not take advantage of it fully? You can condemn yourself if you sit there long enough and think about it. But then order the content of your mind and say, there's no condemnation for you anymore, Ben, because of what Christ has done. Now do your best to follow him because he's living inside of you and he wants to prepare us to be whole, to produce fruit. And then I'll leave you this one. For your dreams that he has given you to come true. He's a good God and he put to death sin in you rather than putting you, the sinner, to death. He put the sin to death so that you could live. Now let's go and do it, huh? Great Father in heaven, it's remarkable, just remarkable that you've put all this and instituted and implemented all of this for our possibility Lord, let us not forget your capabilities in all of this, but let us hand ourselves over as sacrifices, giving our lives to you so that you can direct, dictate, open the right doors, close the wrong, get us to our dreams that you gave us in the first place. We'd be a miss, God, if we didn't mention your son who's made all of this possible by what he did directed fully by your spirit and by your desires and in all things overcoming his flesh. God, it's interesting to think that when you created Adam and Eve in the garden and in those first couple of chapters of Genesis, everything that came out of your mouth was declarative and it was a command but then when Adam and Eve sinned, you said, where are you? It was the first question that you ever asked. And God, it's interesting to think that as sinful men and women, Adam and Eve, you did not know how to redeem that situation because you didn't have any experience with that situation. And so you took about educating yourself what it was like to be human so that through all of that, you would then be able to redeem us from the situation that we got ourselves into. Thank you, God, for the love and the mercy that initiated all of that for our benefit. 
and for the condemnation of your own son. God, let us do likewise. Let us follow in the steps of the spirit that lives inside of us. Let us be different. Let us our, let our example show that we are different. And let us be a part, a tool in your hand for helping others to see the same wonderful benefits and promises that you have for us. Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen.